I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. How bad is number two on it? Julio's in the end zone. The 21 NFL Draft. The Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. We are back with episode 12 of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons related. Uh, we're going to be continuing the draft recap. I know I'm a little bit late on this. We're going to go into the day three um, uh, picks that we got uh, through uh, four, five, and six, and seven rounds. I'm going to dig into those guys and see what um, kind of talent we got. I think when you're digging into... Uh, when you get in those back-end rounds, you are not looking for starters or players that are going to come back and impact immediately. Uh, I think you're looking for uh, rotational-type guys and development guys, um, but mainly rotational guys, guys that you can uh, put in uh, in the weaker areas of your team that could use depth or that could uh, use some rotational folks. And I think um, we did a good job, at least on paper, of, of finding those guys. So um, I'm ready. I've got my drink poured up here. Ooh, a little bit too strong. I do have a drink poured up, though. So we'll get into that. A um, couple things that are still floating around the Falcons world here. Um, we got people still upset about us not getting a quarterback and then the possibility of Julio getting traded. Uh, we did not even get a quarterback in this draft. So y'all need to understand that Matt Ryan might be here for he might get an extension if he even plays above average um, in this 2021 season he will get an extension. They believe that they can win with him. Arthur did it with um, Ryan Tannehill. I have no doubt that he can do it with Matt um, in a simplified defense uh, with you know uh, tight you know being able to rely on tight ends that tends to be easier for a quarterback. Uh, I think that we're going to be fully capable of going forward with Matt Ryan. So. We didn't even draft one in this in, in this uh, in this draft. So all you people hoping that we're going to get a quarterback or go a different direction, it's time to get on board and get with the program of what these guys are doing. We haven't even played a down yet. Relax. Let these dudes do what they're doing. They obviously did an incredible job in the draft, and they've got a plan that they're going to put into place to make this team successful. Um, and as far as Julio, y'all better get ready uh, because there is a big, big chance that we trade him. We don't even have the money to pay our draft class right now. Um, if we trade him, I believe it clears like $16 million in cap space. We could pay our draft class and go get a potential edge rusher or um, another, uh, you know, maybe a running back. I doubt that we'd go for that. I, I kind of like what we have back there right now with Mike Davis signing and Quadre Olison. We could go get another cornerback. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we could do with that. So, Everybody kind of freak. We're, we'll dig into that later. Everybody's kind of freaking out about that, but I don't think it's the end of the world if we moved on from from Julio Jones. There's this this idea that people have that Julio Jones is going to go to another team and have his best years. It's it's just absolutely delusional. Julio Jones' prime is is it's done. He he's not going to go somewhere and have the best years that he's ever had. He's could he go somewhere and have a good couple couple years, three years. 
possibly, but dude, the guy's injured all the time. He, he's he's beat up. He's he's kind of going into a Rob Gronkowski mode, kind of going out there Frankenstein style and, and fighting with everything that's that's left of him. So you got to get with the program if you're going to be a Falcons fan, or you got to move on and go somewhere else because Matt Ryan's not going anywhere. There's a good chance also that Julio Jones may not be here. So if that's the only reason that you're sticking around is because you love Julio so much, newsflash for you, he might not be there. So anyways, we're going to dig into those things in some other episodes. Possibly may have an episode where we're talking about trading Julio. Certainly going to have episodes where we're going into the offensive scheme of Arthur Smith. And definitely going to have an episode where we're digging into the uh, defensive scheme of Dean Pease and how we're going to use some of these draft picks and how we're going to use what we have. But I digress. Let's get into these late round day three picks. All right. So the theme of this draft overall, in my opinion, um, is athleticism, uh, playmakers. I think we went for guys that can do a lot of different things on the field um, and that are always finding themselves around the ball. I think we did that uh, with our round four pick, 108th overall pick, Darren Hall, cornerback out of San Diego State. Really like this dude. Um, 5'11", 188 pounds, ran a 4-4-1, 40-yard um, dash. I think this was an area that we obviously needed to address. One of the weaker points, our best corner uh, last year was our rookie, A.J. Terrell. I think Darren Hall slides into a rotational role and a competitive battle um, in training camp um, in that slot role with um, Isaiah Oliver and Kendall Sheffield. Um, this is obviously, like I said before, an area where we needed some competition. A uh, very weak point for us in 2020. Watching his game film, you can see that this dude is always around the ball, um, always trying to make big plays, kind of an Asante Samuel uh, type guy. Uh, however, it does cost him with that aggressiveness. He gets happy feet. He gets a little sloppy, always going for those big plays. And uh, he gets out of technique, doesn't have the best te technique um, when he's covering these guys. Uh, and I think that's due to the fact that he is always trying to make the big play, maybe trying to overcompensate um, for being a smaller guy and go after the ball. It's not very natural when he's phasing into his routes. What that means is that there's you know, the best corners in the world um, in the NFL are guys that naturally move with a receiver's route. Uh, a lot of those dudes played wide receiver possibly in, in high school and kind of have a background with that. This is not one of those guys. Um, he does not move natural uh, with routes, phasing into routes. Uh, some of the best guys like your, you know, Daryl Revis was a master at this. Um, Jalen Ramsey is a, is, is a master at this as well. Uh, this is not one of those guys. But I do like him a lot as a rotational guy. He's a playmaker. He can, he can move around. Uh, he's not afraid to run up and hit somebody, and that fits well into Dean P's scheme. So really like this dude. He'll get into a competitive battle. I think we got um, a rotational uh, guy that we needed uh, in the fourth round, which is what you're always shooting for. Continuing in round four, overall 114th pick, we got Drew Dahlman, center out of Stanford. Really, really like this dude. Anytime you're getting depth on the offensive line, you got to love that. At first when it popped up, uh, across the screen at the bottom when I was watching the draft live. I was a little bit shocked and was wondering why we were going for a center. I thought Matt Hennessy was a guy that you know people were high on. Obviously, these guys aren't high on him, and they know a lot more 
than we do about what's going on. Uh, Drew Dahlman is 6'3", 295 pounds, so he is a smaller uh, offensive lineman, but uh, he makes up for it with great athleticism. Obviously, theme of the draft from what I saw, um, and uh, he's got incredible technique. He's got NFL genetics. His father is the uh, is played for Stanford and also uh, played for the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL as an offensive lineman. And uh, Chris Dahlman, his father, was also uh, a coach for the Falcons for a couple years. Um, I actually watched it. I actually posted this video uh, on my Instagram after watching it. But he and his father had a really sentimental, awesome moment um, when he got drafted by the Falcons. And it's pretty special to go special to watch. Go check that out. Um, but really like this dude. We might have got a gym here um, in the middle of the draft. I think this guy may very well compete um, for that starting position at center. Uh, at worst case scenario, we have some solid depth in this. But I would not be surprised if Drew Dahlman beats out Matt Hennessy for the starting spot. There's going to be a and, and also Drew Dahlman played guard as well. So there's going to be a lot of competitive battles going on across that offensive line. If I had to do a snapshot right now, you've got Jake Matthews at left tackle, um, Jalen Mayfield at left guard, Drew Dahlman at center, maybe, I think so. I mean, you draft somebody at round four like this and we already have a you know a potential guy there, you must be pretty high on him. And then uh, right guard, Chris Lindstrom, and then right tackle, uh, Caleb McGarry. Uh, so, you know, when you, you think about that, this our, our line is at this point has some some solid depth to it. Um, got some competitive, some some good competitive competitions that are going to go on in training camp. So I love what they did with taking um, another offensive lineman at the, with the the second round four pick. I think this will uh, will breed some competition, and this could be a solid sleeper, Drew Dahlman. So pumped up about this one. Moving on into round five, overall pick one hundred and forty eight. We took Taquan Graham, defensive tackle out of Texas. Not blown away with this pick. Um, I watched some of his game film. Uh, who was it? I think BYU maybe or something like that. Uh, wasn't blown away at all. I think he's a run stuffer at best. Um, and I thought we already had some talented dudes um, at that role. With you know Grady Jarrett can do it all. We got Tyler Davison. John Kaminsky can move into kind of a defensive tackle role if he's not if if it's not a base. 3-4 formation where you've got somebody, uh, you know, a zero tech over the um, center. Um, and we got Marlon Davidson as well. So wasn't super blown away with this one, but they know more about these guys and have studied these guys far more than I have. Um, continuing the the uh, the theme of the draft, this is another solid athletic dude. Um, he has some good size as well. Um, and I think um, that... You know, when you're looking at defensive line in a three-four scheme, you're looking for big dudes that can take up a lot of space. Can a lot of space can take up multiple blockers, things like that. Um, so this is a, a, a larger athletic dude that fits the mold of a three-four um, defense. Um, he does not uh, have very good uh, explosiveness and burst um, when he's going into um, his moves. He also doesn't have a quick get off. Uh, from the line, um, and he needs to work on his ball carrier site. But he's a large athletic dude that uh, makes plays on the ball from his athleticism. So uh, that athleticism is what um, does help as far as 
you know, stopping the run game. Uh, it's not going to get you – he's not going to be a big-time pass rusher for us or anything like that. Um, but I do think um, he'll add some rotational depth potentially um, to that uh, defensive line, defensive tackle um, area. All right, round five, overall pick 182. This is a compensatory pick, one of them charity picks. Um, we got defensive end out of Notre Dame. Oh, I'm not, all right, I'm going to try to say his name. Hang on, I'm going to pull up his draft profile on NFL.com. Hang on a sec. All right, here we are. All right, here we go. A day tuck unbo, Ogunday G. I'm a G for being able to say that. A day tuck unbo. A day tuck unbo. All right. Um, a day tuck unbo. Solid dude. Love this pick. 6'5, 260 pounds. Um, he had a team high seven sacks in 2020. He battled a lot of injuries and various things in his prior season. So you never really got a solid look at him until his uh, senior year. Um, he gained, I think he gained, I read that he gained 60 pounds. Um, upon his uh, from day one at Notre Dame up until his 2020 uh, senior season, so like this guy as a uh, bull pass rusher, he is massive, has a huge wingspan, massive arms, six five frame. I think that'll bode well for him in the NFL. His um, the knocks on him is is his technique and his lack of bend. Being a bigger dude, those guys usually do have uh, bend issues uh, and technique issues, but those things are coachable. And I love dudes that are you know big athletic guys that are have technique issues uh, due to the fact that I think that those things can be corrected um, from coaching. Uh, you can't coach strength, you can't uh, coach athleticism, and that's what this dude has: massive size, athleticism, and a combination of things that. Uh, make you know NFL players great. So um, I'm pretty high on this dude. I'm not high on his name. That's going to be tough to deal with, um, but they're going to come up with a, a solid nickname for this dude, I have no doubt. I think that he could work him, himself into a rotational role. I don't know how much we'll see of him in his rookie season um, or maybe even in his second season, but this is a dude that could potentially uh, develop into somebody uh, that we see rotating um, amongst our defensive line. So like this pick a lot. Continuing round five, overall pick 183, another compensatory pick, Avery Williams, uh, cornerback out of Boise State. Smaller dude, uh, but fast dude, ran a 4-4-1. I think this was a special teams pick, so I think he'll be a special teams specialist. Uh, he'll compete for a punt returner role, uh, most likely uh, our kick returner, no doubt is going to be uh, Cordell Patterson. Um, I think this guy will compete for the punt returner role. I don't think we're going to see him on the field. Uh, I don't think we'll see him in a rotational role at the slot, most likely, unless we've got you know five, six corners out there and a prevent defense or something. Um, and even with that, being a small dude, I doubt that he will even get in on that. But I think we'll see him on special teams for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Moving to the end of the draft here, our last pick, Frank Darby, wide receiver, Arizona State. I love this dude. I cannot remember the last time we had a player with this kind of personality. Um, you know, Julio's going to Julio, and Calvin Ridley's going to Julio because Julio Julio's, 
And Matt Ryan's going to be a professional quarterback. Grady Jarrett's just a chill dude. Um, A.J. Terrell, chill dude. All of our superstars are pretty chill guys that don't really wear their emotions on their sleeve. This guy right here is one of the most outgoing dudes I've seen you know, in a Falcons uniform or soon to be in a Falcons uniform that I have seen in a long time. He told the funniest story on 92.9. I don't know if anybody heard this, but he went on there and they were asking him about being picked and what that was like. And he was telling them that, you know, he got the call from the Falcons and he's like, all right, everybody, he's got his whole family over. He's got all his buddies over. He's like, everybody get in front of the TV, get in front of the TV. So everybody gets in front of the TV. They're all pumped up. And then he was like, and then it went to a commercial. So he, he's got all his buddies up there and then the, the TV goes to a commercial and his name pops across the bottom. So he didn't even get to see his name get announced um, at the NFL draft. But, the fact that he was, you know, telling that story to everybody and just being totally open and laughing about it and making a joke out of the whole thing just tells you what kind of personality this guy has. I don't think that we're going to see him in the wide receiver rotation most likely in year one. It's possible. He's an athletic dude for sure. He's definitely got a, a good skill set. Um, he ran like a 4-5, so he's not an extremely fast wide receiver. He's probably more in, in the average arena, I would say. Uh, but he's he's got some athleticism. You cut on his highlight tape, and it's you look at it, and you're like, damn, this dude is, is solid. He was really a deep ball guy there, but I don't know how well of a deep ball you're gonna you're, deep ball player you're gonna be um, in the NFL running a four-five. But um, like this guy a lot. Uh, if anything, he is gonna be a a, a locker room uh, hype man. Uh, just somebody fun to be around that's going to raise spirits um, amongst all these dudes in the worst of times. So, uh, love this pick. Love his personality. He's got a cool backstory. Um, another video I saw of him just seeing stuff everywhere about this guy. Um, he was sitting there just talk, uh, reminiscing on on where he grew up and his mother and everything and just open up about his mother passing away. So, he's got a cool come up story. Great personality. Great approach on life. I love this dude strictly for that. So he may not ever get a down um, out there, might not ever be a big player on our team, uh, but this is a guy that everybody in the fan base is going to be rooting for. This is a guy that in your heart you want to be successful, you want to uh, be a great player, and you want to be an impact player on this team. So really, really love this last pick in the draft and big, big Frank Darby fan. All right, finished off my drink. So that is a wrap on this draft recap. Uh, thought we did the things that we needed to do. Love Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith's approach to this draft. Um, getting deeper in areas that we need to be uh, have some depth in, like the offensive line and the secondary, um, and then our overall first-round pick, generational talent. So um, love the draft. A little, sorry for being a little bit late on getting this, um, this last episode or this uh, day three. Uh, portion of the draft out but um, most of all man I'm just excited to be back doing this man I love uh, talking Falcons football researching um, anything related to the Falcons just pumped up to be doing the podcast even if I'm just sitting here talking to myself but lucky enough to have some people out there listening with me so uh, shout out to my producer Jason uh, appreciate all the all the work you do in editing and, and making this podcast sound a lot cooler than it should and uh, we're going to close this episode out 
um, in style with a little Frank Darby uh, interview soundbite of him uh, telling D. Orlando Ledbetter what it was like to get drafted. So appreciate all you guys listening, and thank you so much, man. Y'all take it easy. Frank, uh, how excited were you to get the call today from the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, I was super excited, you know. I can't even explain, like, like the emotion that was going through my body at the time. It was just like I was on the phone. They tell me, like, you want to be a Falcon? I'm like, yeah, I want to be a Falcon. That's see, I got the red on. Like, you know? <laughs> like, it was just something, you know? So, you know, it was just like, it was just, I was just excited, you know? I've been waiting all day, you know, just trying to sit here. You know, you hear from so many teams. My phone call rang one time before, and it wasn't even a land. It was just a person just talking to me. I was just like, no, not now. Lesson, you know? <laughs> so I hung up on them, and then y'all called. And then they, they let it call. I said, yes, y'all been waiting all day. Y'all like, thank you. But yeah, that's the emotions I was going through. <laughs> okay. okay.